Welcome to the Spirit Led Sisters Heart and Honey Podcast. My name is Lydia, known as Heart. I am a sound healing medium, a somatic healer, and intuitive teacher. And I am Amber, known as Honey. I am a psychic medium, angel healer, and trauma healer. Our goal in this podcast is to bring you the tips, tricks, and tools that you need to uplevel your life and to allow you to take aligned action for your soul's highest and greatest good. Each week, join us for new content focusing on the ins and outs of your energy body and how to elevate your vibration. Good morning and welcome to Monday Musings with Heart and Honey. We are super excited about our podcast this week. We are going to share with you our journey and how you can heal with both of us, heart and honey. Uh, Lydia and I have known each other for several years now, and I think that it's time for us to share our our path with the world. How about you, Lydia? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So Amber, I met you in 2016. I have, we have a mutual friend and she had gone to you for massages and she told me, Lydia, I met this amazing woman. And she said, she's like, she reminds me so much of you. And I just feel like you guys are going to become really good friends when you meet her. And plus she gives amazing massages and she does energy work. And my friend had come to me for energy work sessions in the past. So she knew that I was in that realm as well. And so that is how I reached out to you. She gave me your contact information and I reached out to you and I will never forget the phone call because the first thing you asked me when we were talking on the phone is you said, are you left-handed? Because I'm feeling a lot of left energy. And it was interesting because growing up, I, from a little, a little baby, a little tot, I used my left hand. And then my mom put my pen in my right hand over and over and over until she taught me how to use my right hand. And so I was dominant in my right hand for many years. And then whenever I was eight years old, I decided to teach myself how to write with my left hand, not knowing that as a baby, I was left-handed. Yeah. I learned how to write with my left hand. And so when you said that, I was just like, huh? <laughs> yes. Um, and I loved that as well because all my life I've had these like feelings about people. And so to meet someone else who was just so connected and free to share as well. That was, it was monumental in my memory. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to meet this person in person. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, yeah. So I think oftentimes whenever I have conversations with people, especially if I'm channeling a message or if something is channeled from their bodies, I oftentimes don't remember the conversations that I have with people. I have an impeccable memory. I can remember things back to the age of two. And when I say impeccable, I mean down to what I was wearing and what other people were wearing and where they were standing specifically and the words that they used. And so it's so funny to me whenever I'm channeling messages for people that my, my memory recall is not there. So thank you for sharing that. That's, that's, quite funny. Um, You're welcome. And I didn't know 
that, that you also have the memory from the time that you were two as well. I remember sitting in the therapist's office telling stories about whenever I was one and two. And she's like, Lydia, you know, this isn't normal. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, most people can't remember that far back. I'm like, what? But I'm the same way. And I think it's because when we're channeling, we are channeling from God, from source, and we are just the vessel. And as soon as we give that message, we don't remember it. Now there is a caveat. And that is for me, whenever I'm channeling a message that God says, okay, now it's time for you to look at this message for your heart. Like sometimes in the message that we're giving for someone else, we are also supposed to receive that. And in those moments, I do remember the message. Yes, I can agree with that. I, I can definitely agree. So let's talk a little about the, the first time that you came into the office and we actually met. I do recall you coming in and knowing specifically kind of what was going on in your, your shoulder and kind of the pain that you were experiencing. Um, can you explain a little bit about that process for you and what that was like? Yeah. So I don't remember the physical pain as much as I remember at that point in my life, I was really overwhelmed because I was an empath who did not have boundaries. And I did not know the difference between my energy and other people's energy. And the first few sessions with you were so life-changing for me because you gave me tools that instantly shifted the way I thought about things. And also my experience with being around other people, because you gave me physical. So there are lots of different types of tools and work and um, that you gave me these physical tools that I can use in my energy to then be around other people without being in their energy all the time, which was so crazy. And I'm going to go into that a little bit because one of the, the things that you taught me was, well, you first said, Lydia, do you realize how big your aura is? Which was interesting because I've had other people people tell me that other healers tell me that as well. And I was like, well, yeah, I think it's pretty big, but you were like, no, like it's filling up this room and it shouldn't be that big. And this is what, one of the reasons that you were feeling so much, because when our aura is really far out, then whoever's in that and standing in that field is going, we're going to feel their energy as well. And so you taught me how to bring my aura in, right? And I'm doing all of this in my mind and I'm thinking, is this actually really working or is it not? And then you were like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And you stood a little bit um, like in front of me, but far out. And you said, I am going to randomly push my aura out into your field. And you have to tell me as soon as you feel it, like as soon as you feel me doing it, but I'm not gonna tell you when I do it. And so you started talking to me. And as soon as you did it, I was like, oh, I feel something. And it was the reason this is so like in my mind, it's so strong is because this was the first time in my life that I had learned how to separate the energetic feeling of my energy versus someone else's energy. And it was such a tiny difference, but it was there. Yes. And as soon as you, you know, you brought your energy back out, I could feel, and like, I had this little, like almost goosebumpy, like feeling go through my energy. And then I did it for you. And every single time I pushed my aura out, you were like, Oh, you're pushing it out. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. Like, this is not, I can't be imagining this because you're feeling it as well. And I'm feeling it. Um, and then, so that happened. And that was the first, I think that was one of the very first sessions with you. And then I realized that, yes, I could bring my aura in, but I felt like I wasn't supposed to keep it so close to me. Like I was supposed to not have it out so far the way it was before, but, but have it kind of like in this middle ground. But what I 
found was happening to me is I continued to feel other people's energy in my energy. And from the time that I was little, I have felt spirits. And if someone has you know, a lower vibrating energy around them, a spirit that is connected or attached to them, and I'm with them, I can feel it, like I can directly feel it. And if someone is going through something hard and they're around me and without those boundaries, it's almost like while I'm in their presence, if this is in the past, not now, but while I was in their presence, I also went through that. Like I felt exactly the way that they felt and that was very disturbing for me. And so I'm like, okay, how am I able to keep my aura out without being so affected and without feeling other people's energies all the time? And so I came in the next time with this question and Amber, you helped me to understand how to put up this beautiful protective filter of divine love around me. And it, essentially it's like this burrito of divine love. And now both Amber and I use this in our sessions with clients and it really is life-changing and, and amazing. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but after I left that session that we did together that day, I went to that little health food store that's right by your studio. Yeah. Weaver's and, Market. Yeah. Weaver's Market in Carborough. And I went in there and there were two, there was a couple, two kids. They were like maybe 18, 19. And the girl came up to me and she's like, I just want to tell you that you are so beautiful. And as she walked away, her boyfriend was like, that was kind of weird. Why did you do that? And she said, well, she is. And for me that I had just had this, this beautiful experience of putting God's divine love around my energy. And I felt so clothed and, and safe in my own energy surrounded by god's energy and for her to see that i knew she wasn't talking about the way that i physically looked but she was talking about the way that i felt and that was a really cool experience to go directly into oh absolutely and i love i love that you i love that that's such an imprinted piece of the healing in your mind and having that experience inside of, of Weaver street with just some random stranger coming up to you and saying, you are so beautiful. And I think that that's where a lot of people maybe fail to realize that the energy that they carry is what other people see. It's not the physical appearance. It's not, you know, like you can tell if someone is being, if you were an empath and I'm, I'm just going to go back for a second. If you are an empath, which is someone who can feel other people's energies. Some people can even absorb other people's energies. But if you are an empath, you can always tell if someone is being genuine and you can always tell if someone is just putting up this facade. And I think it's super interesting that, you know, she was just able to see kind of through everything else and just really feel your energy. Uh, you know, I, so the, the thing that I taught you is actually called an angel cocoon. And so the angel cocoon, which you now know, but telling all of the people listening to this is this beautiful bubble that you place around your body and it's completely, it's almost like an oval, but it's completely solid. There are no rips. There are no tears. There's nothing that can infiltrate this bubble. And your intention is that you are safe. And you are calling in that divine love and you are calling in the divine presence of the angels to keep you safe and protected and to protect your own 
energy. And I think on your first session, did we also do the raking of the energy? I feel like we did. Yeah, we did. And that was, that was so crucial. You know, people, people go for years and years and still carry energy from other people. And so there's a technique that I teach a lot of my clients and it is called a raking of their energy. And, you know, you can do it in public if you want to, or you can do it in the privacy of your own home or wherever. But oftentimes we get so overwhelmed and we're not sure why we're overwhelmed. We just have this sense of like, oh my goodness, something is going on. I can't explain it. Can you, can you just think about a moment when you're in that space and ask yourself, is this mine or is this someone else's? And that's where you listen to your intuition. When your intuition says, no, this is not all yours, it's probably a good idea to rake your energy. So raking your energy, and I just feel like I need to kind of go through this just a little bit and explain the technique because some of you listening actually need to do this. Um, you will feel it in your heart and know that this is what you need to do. But when you are raking your energy, you are essentially setting an intention to let go of all of the things that are attached to you that are not serving you for your highest and greatest good. And anytime we're doing energy work or anytime we are clearing anything and we call the divine love in, we call God in, we call source in, our angels, our ancestors, whomever we call in, we are asking that everything that is done in that session is for our highest and greatest good. And that's super important. So what you do is you call on whomever you feel led to call on, whether that's the divine love, that source, God, your angels, whomever, and you're standing and you actually physically take your hands and you rake starting at the very top of your, your head and you rake down your body. You're just, you know, rubbing your face down, you're rubbing your, your chest, your back, all the way down to your feet. And then you're really making sure that you're even lifting your feet up and you're raking the energy off of your feet because energy likes to go down and it likes to hide in those, in those places. So you rake your body three times and through this whole process, you're just asking source, you're asking that divine love, remove any and all energy that does not belong to me. And then in front of you, what you are doing is you're actually just visualizing in your mind's eye that you either have a, a cauldron of fire or rushing water or maybe a hurricane. There's, there's something that's kind of in front of you that you are throwing this energy into. And so this energy is just being taken away from you. It's not yours. It's not serving you. So you're throwing the energy into this place in front of you, right? So after you rake three times, then that is when you go back and you do your arms. So your arms are the last thing that you will rake. And the reason this is, is because every single time you're going across your body and you're raking down your body, the energy is trying to stick to the arms because it's, it wants to stay. So you, you rake your arms and then you just allow your hands to just stay in this place. Again, you're just visualizing. And so sometimes people will feel 
tingling sensations or they will feel heat or they will feel coolness. For every person, it is a little different, but you will feel the energy kind of flowing off of your hands. And you'll know, and you may not feel it the very first time that you do it, but just trusting that the angels and divine love are, are doing this for you. And over a period of time, the more you do it, the more sensitive you will be to it and you'll be able to understand, okay, this is someone else's energy. I'm going to rake this off. And after you do that, again, really being sure that you're getting up under your feet really well, then you ask divine love and source to filter everything out, transmutate it back into love and light, and then you're going to bring Christ-like white light into your energy. So again, you visualize this light coming from your hands from the heavens. And you're going to place your hand on top of your head and just kind of push the white light all the way through the body. Again, placing your hands up under your feet and allowing the white light to just go all the way through the body. And you can do this as many times as you need to. And as always, when we do energy work, we thank divine love, we thank source, we thank God, our angels and ancestors for their help. I'm also hearing, and this is something that's channeling right now, which is super cool. Um, your angels want you to know that they are there for you at any point in your life, at any point. However, they cannot help you unless you ask for help. They're not going to go against your free will. So at any point you feel anxious or you feel sad or you feel angry or you are fearful, call in your angels and say, I need help with this. And they will help you even in time. Like if you're running late, hey, angels, help me with this. So really calling in your angels is going to be super important. A lot of times what I'll do if I have a question for the angels and I have been pondering it throughout the day, I will ask them right before going to bed and I'll say, please give this to me while I'm sleeping. And usually I get the message in my dreams. The, the answer will come through in my dreams. And so you can always ask your angels before going to bed about something and ask them to give it to you while you sleep and they will. Another thing that I wanna add on to what Amber said is I love doing this exercise in the shower. For me, it feels like everything is intensified whenever I feel that water rushing through me and I'm raking the energy and the water just helps. It really, really helps to let go of that energy. So if you're like me and you love using water to help cleanse and clear, then you may wanna try this in the shower. Yes, also one thing to note is that sometimes people can get very overwhelmed after they do this because they're not sure what to think or what to do because it's just their own energy. They do not have the influence of other people's energy dictating how they feel. And so it, it's such a profound thing. And so the more that you do it, the more that you're able to recognize when someone is in your energy or someone is around you, that is not really for your highest and greatest good. You can spot them on the street <laughs> and you don't even have to be an empath for that. Um, you know, it's, you know, some people you can meet and you know right away that you like them or that you don't like them and that's your intuition. And so you follow that 
because that's, that's a crucial part of, of owning who you are and following who is supposed to be in your path and following who is supposed to be in your friend group. That's very important, especially for, for me. And I know that it is for Lydia too. I really, really pay attention when I first meet someone. And oftentimes I don't even have to meet them to already have a feeling about them. However, when I meet someone for the first time, I, I just pay attention to how my energy shifts when I'm in the presence of someone else. And so that's a, that's a very huge thing. And so for, for an empath or for someone who's even not an empath and is listening to this, pay attention the next time that you're around someone. You know, are you around someone and someone gives you that vibe like you can't trust them? You probably can't trust them. But society says, well, they haven't given you a reason not to trust them. Screw society here because I've had plenty of accounts that I can go back to and say, you know, I really didn't feel like I could trust this person. And yet I gave them the benefit of the doubt because that's what society says I'm supposed to do. And I wound up getting hurt in the process. So pay attention to that. I feel like that's important to share as well. But yeah, I think that that's exactly what we did your very first session. Lydia, can you recall if that was overwhelming for you the first time that we did that? It wasn't, and this is why um, I learned how to do that when I was really little with my aunt, who's a massage therapist and an energy healer. So I did that all my life. So that aspect I had already been doing, and I was thankful for your reminders because I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do this, need to do my clearing. Um, but it wasn't that time. Now there was another time, there was an energy healer that you introduced me to. Um, and I can't remember her name, but when I went to her, she said that, I had a bunch of souls that had passed on, but were stuck and they were children. They were little children um, in my energy. And this was still in the midst of me kind of clearing off my energy. Now I'm going to get back to this, but I just want to go to what Amber was just saying about the importance of being aware of how we feel when we're with other people. And one caveat to that is like when I was in this place where I had a lot of other energy around me, I didn't know what was mine and what was someone else's. And when I was with someone else, I, I was triggered by people who actually were really positive for me, but the energies that I was carrying didn't like that energy, even though that person was really good for me. Right. So it is important like that you are aware of where you're at in your journey, because if you have a lot of other energies around you and you don't know what your own energy is, it is possible for you to get triggered. It's almost like you are, the mirror, right? And you're reflecting what you feel. So if you're in a negative place and you're around someone who's positive, they could tick you off just because of the place that you're in energetically. So it is important to remember that. But so I was in this healing session with this lady and she is telling me that I have all of these energies with me. And, um, and she also told me that one of my spiritual gifts was to help souls over to the other side, souls that were, were in fear. Now, the most interesting part to this story is a week prior to this, that Sunday at church, I gave a testimony. I said something during church and that was that, and it was just something that had been put on my heart. And I had no idea I was about to go into this energy work session and this, all this stuff would happen. But, and I was talking about this line of a song that says, heaven's not beyond the clouds. It's just beyond the fear. And so 
I go into this energy work session and she tells me that souls can get trapped here on this earth if they are super fearful. So souls who maybe their parents told them, you know, that God is a fear-based God and he's not going to accept them or maybe souls who um, died, you know, very quickly in a, like a car accident and were so scared or different things that they are surrounded by fear and they're trapped here. And there are certain people whose place, whose spiritual gift is to help them over. And this healer told me that that was one of my gifts, which was why I had been attracting these souls. And from the time that I was little, I remember this because for me, I didn't have the boundaries and I didn't know how to protect my energy. So they would just come in while I was sleeping. And it was really a fearful thing for me. I didn't know what I was feeling. I just knew that I was feeling other souls, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, so she helped me in this session to open heaven and to let go of these souls and help them to go over. And after that session, Amber, I, I remember, I think I called you. You probably don't remember this. I'm pretty sure I called you on the way out. Like I didn't have service for the first little while I was driving on the road. I'm just like, whoa, like I don't even know what to think right now. My energy feels so different. And I was like, cause she said that there were like 30 something souls that were with me and most of them were children. And I was so sad because it almost felt like a part of my identity had been taken off because I, some of these souls I had from the time that I was born, mm -hmm. they were with me and they thought they were doing good. And it, I felt like a, a comfortable place for them, but they needed to continue their purpose in heaven. Right. And, and then being here is like keeping them back from their purpose. So, um, and then I went to your session and I told you about this experience and you told me that that was one of your gifts as well. And I still remember you had a, a piece of paper out and you said, okay, I want you to tell me we're going to do this together. And, and you walked me through the process of how to open heaven. And, um, and you had a paper and you said, who, who are you hearing? Like who needs help? And, and I heard a name and I didn't tell you, you wrote it down. And then I told you, and, and it was the same name. I think I heard Timmy and you said Timothy, but it was like the same name. Right. <laughs> and, um, and so as we were doing this, you had a playlist in the background playing and, and it was beautiful um, because a song started playing. That was, it was like, um, do you remember the words? Uh, yes. It's uh, I think it's Jagadesh. Um, it's called in dreams. Cause I play that a lot whenever I'm crossing souls over like, know you are loved rest in peace. Dream your know sweet you dreams. Loved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let your soul be at ease. And then it talks about beloved child. My heart is yours. Go out that open door with yeah. your love, your faith, your compassion, your grace. And what's so beautiful is as we're doing this, right, we're opening heaven. And so it was just like, go out that open door and like, you can't make that up. <laughs> yes. I, that was, that is one session that I definitely remember, you know, sitting on the floor of my office and playing the song. I felt very led to play that one song and it was such a beautiful experience. Like I, you know, and I, I definitely try not to cry when I'm working with clients. However, it was such an emotional thing to be able to share that with someone else and feel the same things. And both of us giving that validation to each other of, yes, we are exactly where we're supposed to be. And this is exactly what we're supposed to be doing this moment. 
And it, it was, it was an incredibly beautiful session. And, you know, I, I kind of want to, to go back to what you were saying about these souls when they pass away. So sometimes when souls pass away very traumatically, or even if they, they were not a follower of, of anyone, you know, and I, I say like divine source, Christ, God, whoever, if they didn't follow anyone, there's this fear that comes across. And so you hear of people talking about crossing into the light. And so when Lydia said that sometimes souls get trapped, sometimes people don't cross into the light immediately. And that's when they are in this state of limbo. And that's where their soul can attach to humans. They can attach to us and they can attach to our energy fields. And what draws them to each individual person, which whoever they decide to go to, is someone that they have a, a similar connection with or a limiting belief or a similar trauma when they were living. And so they attach to this person to live almost not necessarily vicariously through this person. I guess you could use that term here. They, they attach to these, these souls, they attach to whomever because they resonate with their energy and what they were when they were living. And I know that this sounds a little bit odd if you've never heard of this before. However, uh, it is very much a real thing. There's a lot more to the process. I definitely feel like this is going to be a series of how you can heal with heart and honey. Everything that we are talking about, we help clients through as well. So if there's any of these topics that you really resonate with and you'd like to dive deeper, then we're here. That's what we do. Yes. And you know, I think, I think a lot of people don't really even know what we do. And I, I want to, I want to share an experience that I had with you and I am very selective when it comes to people working in my energy field. And it took a very long time. I think out of, I don't know, the 200 plus clients that I, I had in my massage practice, there were very few that I felt comfortable enough to really, really do deep energy work on. And when I say deep energy work, you know, we're talking about, you know, clearing things that were not supposed to be on them, whether they were incarnate or not incarnate or, or anything of the sort, anything that was attached to their energy field that did not need to be there. There were a handful. And of those handful, I've had two clients, two clients <laughs> that I did allow to work on myself. And I am going to give a shout out to one Nana Rivers. Uh, she is also a Reiki master energy healer. She's a beautiful, beautiful soul in the same way that Lydia and I met, Nana and I met, she was referred to me by someone else and just kind of teaching her, this is kind of what some of your gifts may be. And she was aware of some of her gifts. And over time, I allowed her to also do energy work on me. And it's so beautiful to be able to share that. And then Lydia is the second person. And I remember the very first time that I ever had a healing session with you, you said your energy balance feels off. Your masculine energy is a lot higher than your feminine energy. And I think we actually did the session at your house. 
And I remember lying on the couch and you were just holding my feet and the intense energy that was shifting was, it was such a profound experience for me because one, like I said, I'm very selective about people working in my energy. I'm very protective of my space and just allowing that vulnerability to come up for someone to work in my energy field. But it was so beautiful and I felt so light after because you were able to balance my energies, my masculine and feminine energy, and just, just a really quick snippet of what masculine and feminine energy is. Masculine energy is where you're doing all of the work, you're go, go, go getter and everything, you're, it's, it's action. And the feminine energy is the receiving end of things. It's taking time to allow things to happen for you and your highest and greatest good and allowing things to just come to you naturally. So that's kind of just a very quick, quick synopsis of masculine and feminine. It's much more, much more involved than that. We can also touch base on this in another podcast. However, to just kind of keep on track here, the, the shifting of energy that I had with, with you and allowing someone else to work in my space Having my masculine and feminine energy leveled out and balanced for me was such a huge shift and it shifted a lot of things. And so now I'm able to discern and some other teachings and readings, thanks to you, I've been able to figure out when my masculine energy is stronger and when my feminine energy is weaker, which is typically my jam. Just because I'm an energy healer does not mean that I have all of the things in order and in alignment and everything is going all well because I still deal with it. So, you know, when we work on each other, we empower each other. We're able to just kind of be in someone else's hands and we are able to let go of the things that are not serving us. If you are in a place where you're not really sure what's going on in life, but you know that you are not where you want to be or you're feeling stuck and you don't really know why. Absolutely feel free to direct message us on Instagram or on Facebook. We are here. You know, I, I can almost guarantee you there's not much that we haven't seen in the way of energy healing and energy work. This is just a little glimpse of what we are blessed to do and, and how we're able to use our spiritual gifts. Both Amber and I, in the work that we do, when we connect to someone's energy, we do not have to be there in person. Actually, like 99% of all of the sessions I've done on clients are remote. I live in Paraguay, South America, right? And so the work that I do is remote. And like before talking with Amber, right? Before getting on a call with her, her energy comes in and I know what she's going through to a certain degree. I can feel her energy. And it's the same way with all of my clients. And Amber has the same gift, right? Clients, their energy comes into her space beforehand. And when we are working with you over the phone or over video, and that's another thing, right? Like if you're not comfortable sharing your face, we can just talk over the phone and we can do work that way. What matters is that when you are ready, right, and you give us permission, we have access to your energy. So I just want to make it really clear that it's not something we have to do in person. The energy work is exactly the same, whether we're in person or whether we're doing it remotely. Yes, I will also add here, we don't just randomly go checking in with other people's energy just because we can. 
that's a, a huge boundary issue. So uh, yeah, I'm not just walking down the street and just randomly checking in with people's energy. Like, oh, this person has X, Y, Z. We don't check in with someone's energy unless they give us permission. Like even before we start a session, at least I, I do this and I think Amber does this as well. I always ask, I say, okay, is it okay to connect to your energy? And I don't connect to someone else's energy unless they give me permission. There are times when I'm in an Uber, for instance, and the person's energy just like plops over to me and I'm like, get it, get that, go back to your spot. But there's sometimes, right? Like um, you've had, I'm sure anyone watching this has had this experience where you feel led to reach out to someone. Now that's different than us connecting to their energy. So that does happen on occasion, but we do not connect with someone else's energy unless they give us permission. Yes, because free will, right? Yeah. We look forward to speaking and chatting with you a little bit more about how you can heal with heart and honey and sharing more experiences that we have had of our own in next week's episode of Monday Musings with Heart and Honey. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining the Heart and Honey podcast. We have thoroughly enjoyed having you here today, and we hope that you've gained the clarity that you need to uplevel your life. You can join us each Monday for Musings with Heart and Honey. And if you're not following us on social media, hop on over to Instagram and follow us for more healing tips and tricks at Spirit Led Sisters. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with us by leaving a review on iTunes or take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Heart and Honey.